This is the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you hit that like, subscribe, and notifier button so you can be aware whenever a new episode is available. Also, leave a comment and a review. We would really appreciate that. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. Hey everyone, welcome to the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. My name is Scott Schweitzer. We love to do fitness. These are my friends. I have my co-hosts, Kat and Amy, and a very special new friend, Fee Sagafi. Fee, hey, how guys. are you? I'm good. We are at Panera right now <laughs> in, be- in between training sessions today. You're in good company. Matt Chan was in a Starbucks. Uh, Matt O'Keefe always likes to go to Starbucks. So better connection. Better connection. Yesterday, I was doing a podcast out of my car, and it did not have the best connection. So hopefully, this is a little bit better today. <laughs> good, good. Um, and so you're drinking coffee? A little bit of coffee. Um, not like I rely on it, but sometimes on a gloomy <laughs> Cleveland day, you need it. And uh, yes, right now, right now is actually typically when I usually eat lunch and I'm in between training sessions. So this is kind of like the downtime, usually the hour between training sessions and coaching. So we try to get out of the gym a little bit. <laughs> what is the go-to coffee drink? Hazelnut coffee, not sponsored by Panera, but we're drinking hazelnut coffee today. <laughs> Yeah, you I love can. my coffee. Oh gosh, yeah, hazel hazelnuts my go-to. I actually use my last, and I'm just like a K cup kind of girl. I don't get yeah. fancy, but I am out. Today's my last hazelnut, so I have to go to the store at some point and get some more for tomorrow. No, I'm definitely like I could say I I probably I drink coffee every day, not because I need the caffeine. I would consider myself a pretty like energetic person, but I just love the taste of it. Except I feel like I have this extremely high caffeine tolerance that. It does my body no good. I don't feel it. I just enjoy drinking coffee. Yeah, <laughs> Makes we, my uh, heart feel good. I never drank coffee until I, w- I went to the Mayhem Classic. Mm. And I was so tired that weekend okay. that I chugged so much good dudes um, that I became addicted. And now I drink coffee every day. Oh, my God. You were at Mayhem Classic, huh? I don't think I we met. I don't think we met there, Scott. I think that was my first time, like, what was that? That was 20. Wow, that was 2020. It's actually mm-hmm. where Kat and I met. That was a Yeah. And is that well, where you, you and I met? Kat, I think yeah. you, you and I met at the airport in Philly on, on your way there, I think. Yep. We, you were on your way to something. It may not have been the Mayhem Classic, but it was definitely something. It was and definitely I had, a competition. I had met, and that's when we sort of talked, talked. You know, we were both mm-hmm. waiting for the flight and chit-chatting. But I also, like, first laid eyes on you at um, the Winter Classic in yes, December bro. of that year. Yep. So it was the in here in Cleveland. We had that uh, at downtown Cleveland. Scott had you know programmed that event. You're right. right. Look at that. And look at us. Um, look at where we are now. Who was there? I think Saxon <laughs> was Saxon was in Dubai, but Spencer and Scott did Saxon go? Oh, I didn't know Spencer. Was I thought in Spence, Dubai. Spencer was in Dubai. Dubai. Yep. Spencer was in Dubai. Saxon was there. Saxon and I um, played DJ the whole weekend because we didn't like the, we didn't have a DJ for the event. And so I had my Spotify playlist playing and then we needed something a little, um, a little more PG and um, Saxon offered up his, uh, his playlist. playlist. So that's how we became friends. Yeah. <laughs> I was supposed to be to judging, but I somehow it. I never judged the whole weekend. And then to take this full circle, we were at Cliffside that morning, Amy and I, 
yeah. working out with Saxon, and yeah. it was our sixth ever episode of this podcast. No kidding. Oh, my God. And then, Amy, is that how you guys met, too? Uh, no. I, Scott and I have known each other for a long time. And then, right. yeah, we, we started to um, – our kids were in the same school together, and then we kind of got hooked up in the CrossFit world together. So I love it. Wow, yeah. small world. I know. You guys are yeah. going to have to visit Mentality at some point. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, we've been Wait trying to get we've been trying to get Scott on yeah. the podcast since like day one, and we are He's we've a busy done man. over three hundred episodes now. <laughs> you gotta get you gotta get him on a good time because I feel like he's always he's always doing business like he's whether he's training or running his businesses or his side businesses. He is just like a super dad all the way. Actually, he's on his way to Knoxville. Speaking of Scott. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe tomorrow. when he maybe when he retires we could oh yeah get him on the podcast, but yeah. that's <laughs> which we never late. know when that'll actually be. <laughs> right, because I thought he was retired now, but yeah, Correct. here we are. <laughs> He's still good at what he does, so yeah. why stop now? <laughs> right. Exactly. You, you know what I found, Fee, is I live here in Columbus, Ohio, and the hardest people to get on our podcast are those who live in Ohio. <laughs> yeah, like why how long did it take us to get Dan Bailey what? on? Right. Uh, we're still working on Dan Bailey. Yeah. Oh my God. Is he, he's, he's, he's probably like right next. Just walk over to his barn. We just go walk, to the same gym. We go to the same gym. <laughs> oh my God. That sounds like a personal problem, Scott. That's a problem. Uh, we never yes. get him on the show. <laughs> That's right. We've, we've had his wife on. We can't yeah, get I him know. on. Soon to be. Yeah. No, they've married. Uh, They're no. married. They're married now. They got yeah. married? Oh, I yeah. love it. I know. I like, so I was like, um, I got a sense of their story. They posted it and I love like how it was, this is very, they had met before and then kind of re-met. And I, I first met Dan, I think at Rogue Invitational a couple years ago. And he is just so funny. I, I guess I always knew him as bro, Danny bro. <laughs> right. And I'm so sad that there's no more Danny bro, bro flex. I feel like now in the heat of the season right now, I just want to see Danny bro flex. And I want to, I want to know what he's up to. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we you could, should we could use some comic Danny relief. bro flex on the show. And he'll come. Yeah, we, we could definitely use some comic relief at this point, Kat. You're right. Um, <laughs> Because of this has been a crazy, bananas. crazy season. <laughs> oh, um, so where where was I going with it? I don't even know where. So, <laughs> Fee, we've been trying to get you on, too. Um, you're only two hours away and maybe tops. And yeah, we finally definitely. got you on. So we're so stoked for that. Hell, yeah. Well, I'm glad you guys uh, reached out because I think Cooper made the connection. Cooper Marsh, my guy. He did. He, he did. did. He, he's <laughs> quite the guy. Oh my gosh, he saves my life just about all the time, every time. <laughs> and Charlie, our other co-host, is pi piping in uh, from afar, saying that he d he does Dan doesn't want Charlie making him look small. That's why he hasn't been on the show yet. That right. makes sense. He doesn't want to make you feel bad. That's right. <laughs> so Danny's, Dan's too nice. He's too nice of a guy. He's well, and every time I see him now, like. Like I saw him at Wadapalooza and he, and he just shakes his head when he sees me. Like, I know, I know. <laughs> he goes, I know I'm so bad. <laughs> we need to schedule that. So you are an OG CrossFitter kind of, you've been around Ooh, for a while since 2015. You. Um, you started competing in, in 2017. 
mm-hmm. on a team. Those baby and, feet. And the reason I know that baby. is according to our friend Mitch, he was trying to go team with you that year. No, it was next year. Was it was he? 2018. He was trying to go team with you, and you did so well in the open that you went individual. And then the team is that a story? way down the leaderboard. Now it's it's his story. Right, you got to consider the source. I didn't know very much a Mitch story, but he's been telling me for years he's going to make it. Well, I'm going to make it to regionals if I just start fitnessing and lose 40 pounds every year. Bless his heart, Mitch. Okay, I'll say this. I just remember in 2017. So 2017 was the first year that I competed as a team, like on a team, um, and that's when Kristen Panchuk. Uh, Scott's wife was on that team, one of our good friends, Bethann Lazaro on that team, Spencer, uh, one of our other members, Mike Nietzel, and then myself. And this is like the first year Mentality had ever sent a team. They were still pretty new, just even being a business. And um, I remember Mitch would come in and he would train with us and he would just go hard like everything he would just redline he would just go ham he was so into his like you know losing some weight and just gaining some fitness and mitch is one of those guys he's like all in or nothing at all um i didn't know he was trying to go team though that's news to me that's a new story <laughs> i'm about to text mitch after this and this, i was like hey you still on team already the best i'm putting on blast podcast ever <laughs> We get two stories here, but no, yes, that was my first year as a team member. And that was like, how old was I? I think 20, I think I was 20, something, 20 or 20, maybe 22. So long ago, right? Long, long. I'm 27 now. Isn't that crazy? So my other question for you is I read this and I, and I need to confirm, but it mm. said that you actually started CrossFit because you were overweight and intimidated by things so that's why you jumped into crossfit yeah so you know it is when i started crossfit i didn't start it to i didn't look at you know these youtube videos and was like oh i totally want to compete and be you know a competitor i actually started because i was with a guy at the time um my first boyfriend uh ever now ex-boyfriend but that was a while ago he we were just like into he was helping me out when it came to you know fitness and we would do workouts at lifetime fitness and at the time i was you know i actually i had gained a lot of weight from like going from high school to college and i must have gained like 25 pounds over that period of time um, I was never really all that healthy in high school. I developed some poor eating habits. I was as skinny as 105 and then had some really bad eating habits. I wasn't eating enough. I was involved in some sports um, that I wanted to be small for, like track um, and volleyball, and then went the other direction where I gained all this weight. So I was kind of like in this space of just not being healthy with myself, mentally, physically, emotionally. Um, so he introduced me to CrossFit. It was like, hey, check this out. It's super fun. It's not boring going to a typical gym where you just hop on a treadmill. And he showed me some videos and I was like, I am so interested in this. So we just ended up finding an affiliate close to home. It was probably like at the time, five minutes away from my house. And I just checked it out, joined. And I think like my first workout was like burpees, box jumps and sit-ups, <laughs> like super plain. And I did it and I was like, I love it. Like I'm totally, 
<laughs> so that was my first time. And I did it because I just needed to be healthy and I needed to have fun. Like I needed to have fun doing things good for myself. That's great. Um, and I love, I, I, I watched a podcast with you and you talked about how anybody can do this, that you just have to want to. And you, and because you had no real background in the elements of CrossFit coming in, you had mm -hmm. played some sports, but no real gymnastics or lifting or anything like that. And just through hard work and, and putting in the time, you've become one of the best CrossFitters in the world. Mm. That's thank you for that. And that's really, I love talking about my story just because I think a lot of people think, at least in the sport, right, to be a great athlete in the sport, you have to come from somewhere elite. And it's cool to be able to, yes, it is awesome. And I respect, you know, the athletes that do come from elite backgrounds and are able to kind of transition pretty naturally, not easily, but, you know, they have that experience to help them or that foundation to help them. And I think a lot of, you know, young girls and young men think like you have to have all this experience to be great or you have to be fit to do CrossFit also in that sense, not even sports related, but I hear that a lot. Like I need to get fit before I even walk into an affiliate or I have to get my fitness right. And Scott said it really good. At least uh, Pancheck, uh, he told me he was like, he heard it from someone. I think it was maybe Jason Kalipa or someone that saying you have to be fit for CrossFit is saying that you have to get right with God before going to church, right? All you have to do is just start. And as long as you start with a good community and you have good coaches and leaders and you learn and you're just willing to be coached and you're willing to learn, that's all you need, at least in this sport. Very minimal talent is required because I wouldn't consider myself talented by no means. I'm, I might disagree a bit, but um, <laughs> what I'll say, other the other thing that kind of piggybacks on this is you talked about being, a, being an example for your culture and for mm. girls that and they, they can do this. Um, and I'd like you to expand on that because in the podcast, I, you didn't dive into that very much, but I wanted, I wanted to hear more about that. Yeah, so one of the most powerful things I think is representing, having the opportunity to represent who you are, uh, you know, who I am, like my roots, right? I'm, I'm Mexican and I'm Iranian. And yes, I represent America because I was, I'm born here in the States. But if you see the field of athletes, there's not a lot of representation of, you know, Latinas or Iranian women. Um, unfortunately, you know, in the Middle Eastern side, there's not as much opportunity to be able to have that representation or to be able to have this level of coaching and train and elite training as I, I have, you know, the ability to hear. And one of the most powerful things is getting messages from women um, that are of my background and culture just the outpour of love and support and it's almost like when I compete I compete for them and when I compete I get to show that even us women of these backgrounds do have power and strength and resilience and we can do hard things um, and it's really cool to be and, and I honor that so much and it's so powerful to be able to be representing my country, but also my true ethnicity. Yeah, that. So, what was it like growing up in a house? I'm assuming mom or dad was one, and and mom and dad the other. Um, how did that work out? And what was it like growing up with those two? Uh, the combination of the two. 
Yeah, the, my mom and dad are so different. The cultures are so different. My mom is Mexican, and she's from Guadalajara, Jalisco, in Mexico. And my dad is from Iran. His parents are from uh, Tehran. And um, they traveled over to the States and had him and his siblings. And um, my dad comes from a culture of, uh, it's very strict, um, very much, you know, school is held to the highest standard. My dad also comes from a family of physicians and medicine and just healthcare. And that's almost like kind of, I want to say, you know, there was some pressure to also be that and become that because that's everything that my dad is from. And he was also very much into music. So music and medicine and education are just so important um, as opposed to my mom, which is, you know, is a little bit, it's still family oriented, but is not as strict as uh, his side of things. So there was kind of like, you know, there, a big part of my childhood was doing things because my dad wanted me to, or it was kind of through him what he wanted me to pursue things that maybe I didn't necessarily want to. Um, and then my mom was more like, just let her do what she loves. If she loves sports, let her do sports. So there was kind of a little bit of this back and forth. And um, that's probably why I, I don't have as much experience in sports as I wished, because my entire pretty much childhood was more about playing the violin. I actually played the violin for 14 years. I started when I was four and I played it all up until I was 18. And every single weekend from the time I was four to 18, it was music lessons, music theory, orchestra, chamber group. And that was pretty much the time that kids would do sports. And I really didn't have that uh, in my childhood. So my it's first question, oh, oh, go ahead, Kat. I was just gonna say, it's interesting to hear that about your dad because your dad is a fiend when it comes to cheering you on in person. He is, and he is, the best we come around with the sports thing because he couldn't be more proud of you yes. you know seeing no i or like he'll, he'll push people out of the way to get you know <laughs> to, to bring you on he's he you is know, a riot i've heard you know what i i recently found out especially this past <laughs> Wadapalooza, that um someone he was like i was getting ready to do an event i forget which one maybe one of the lifting events and i remember he was like getting up front and someone had i think it was uh daniel brandon was there cooper uh, a couple others and someone was like oh move out of the way you know they're coming through and my dad was like no i'm staying here my daughter's about to go and sure enough cooper like knew like danielle and cooper knew like that's my dad and they were like no he's yeah. staying <laughs> i just recently realized that like he'll like force himself in and make his way but no he is the biggest supporter he is he truly is um but there's still that like so when are you done with this like <laughs> <laughs> when are you going to medical school are we done yet <laughs> yeah right like are you done yet how many more years do you want to be in it like when are you going back to school and that's still a conversation okay <laughs> so how I love how you went through both accents when talking about both sides of your culture. Uh, Beautiful Spanish or Mexican Spanish accent mm -hmm. and then the Iranian. Do you speak either language or both? And how do you go yeah. through the accents and so quickly? Yes, no, I speak, actually I grew up speaking Spanish, Espanol as my first language because my mom and my dad speak it fluently. I never, I never, learned Farsi because my dad actually doesn't speak Farsi fluently. He was never, 
taught when he was little, actually, because his parents, my grandparents, they came from Iran and they needed to learn English. Like they needed jobs, they needed their careers, they needed to live here in the States and they just couldn't, you know, manage both. And they, if anything, at the time when they moved, uh, the relationship with Iran, you know, wasn't great at all. You know, Iranians weren't, weren't the people that you wanted to be friends with or recognized with. Um, so yeah, so he never learned Farsi is the language. Um, but my name, Firuze Sarafi, is Iranian, 100%. So I do get messages in Farsi, and I feel so bad, like, not <laughs> knowing the language, because that's who I am, right? But um, no, Spanish is my first language, and it's, I think, anyone that speaks a different language, when you shift from English to your language, it's it's nothing that you think about. It's just, you know, it's just this automatic thing. Um, yeah, ever since I was little, we speak Spanish at home and with my family. That's, that's so cool. Um, <laughs> so I want to ask, what's going on here? What are you wearing? Oh, my gosh. my So a little bit of wrist inflammation has gone down. So I at Wadapalooza, people were asking me, like, Fee, what's all this tape on your wrist? It looks so cool. I was like, it's not cool. Um, I ended up straining my wrist earlier this year, and doing things that I wasn't supposed to be doing on injured wrists. And sure enough, that turned into a little bit of um, just some inflammation and uh, injury. And for a while, I couldn't lift a barbell over my head. Like I couldn't get my wrist into flexion. And um, just about a week out from Wadapalooza, I didn't, I was probably crying. I was, I was crying in Whole Foods, vividly remember, not being able to like pick up a fork without pain. And I wasn't sure if I was gonna be able to compete. And it was a big deal because it's the first off season competition. Anytime you get a chance to compete off season, you're, you wanna know kind of where you're at, where your training's been going, if you're kind of heading in the right direction. So it was kind of a big deal for me. And um, a week later we competed, but yeah, I've just been dealing with some pain, but I've been rehabbing it, feeling so good. I'm able to go back to weights that I haven't been able to do without pain in a really long time. And I've been, my team has been amazing. My chiropractor at uh, Cochiro Physical Therapy, my Mike Pavlik, um, Nicole Torres, which is Matt Torres' sister. She's a physical therapist. And we've just been doing all of this work. So this is, just, this is just to protect my wrist at this point. At this point, like, we got to keep it as healthy as we can by Granite Games. For sure. So you mentioned <laughs> the violin playing and all yeah. of that time doing that. Did that burn you out on music or is music still an important part of your life? Yeah, unfortunately... Yeah, I would say it definitely kind of, music's such a beautiful, like, it's so beautiful. I mean, I love me, listening to music, connecting with music. I mean, the ability to play music is such a skill that not everyone gets to develop when they're younger or just in their life. But I do think that just having, doing it so much when we were little, I just remember, like, to be a four-year-old and five-year-old and to spend eight hours five hours, eight hours, like just doing music lessons where it's like, you just want to have fun. You just want to play, maybe play a little bit, but then you want to go outside and play with your friends. Um, I don't play the violin anymore, actually. I have it. I've like picked it up every now and then, um, but I don't play it. And it's kind of one of those things where it's there, like and my ability to play is there, but I don't play it as um, much because I think part of me was just like, you know what? 
I'm done. That it felt like a career, and I was not about feeling like the violin was my career. So you brought up Matt Torres, mm. and with with the alleged retirement of Scott, you <laughs> had to find like a new home, kind of, yeah. um, and so you joined the brute the brute team. Mm -hmm. What has that been like so far this season? It's been so I've been to Naples a couple times now. Um, especially with the shift in coaching, but it's, it was, it's been an adjustment. It's been an adjustment with Matt. We, I definitely needed a different style of coaching, um, specific programming for me. And we completely shifted the season, at least when it came to developing this year into hypertrophy, building mass, building muscle, building strength, which is like, obviously uh, my stats reflected that my worst events are my strength events. And if you don't work on your strength, it is not going to be there. Um, as much as you, as much fitness as we do and training as we do, um, if the strength isn't worked on, it's just going to keep you out at some point. And that's exactly what happened last year. So it's been incredible. It's been incredible. I love being coached. It's like anyone that knows me, no matter what, uh, who you are, I love feedback from anyone, whether it's Scott or Matt or just like, you know, friends watching me train. I'm always like, what you see there? Like, can you coach me? Um, so it's been incredible. And he's gotten to know me really, really well this past year. I'm I'm always texting him, messaging him, but um, to say the, it's been an adjustment to say the least. And he's one of the nicest guys ever. Um, every oh, yeah. time I run into him, he's so, he's so cool. But um, so you get the best of both worlds. You're still working out at mentality. Yeah. You're doing it remote. And so you get mm -hmm. Scott there when he isn't retired. And then you mm -hmm. have Matt, uh, by text or going down to Naples and, and hanging out with him. So you get a little bit of both the veteran yeah. and, and Matt. Does I'm very that, lucky. Does that help? It, it helps so much. It's right now, Scott is, you know, we're on different training programs. We're on different, we have different goals. Um, at least from what I know, <laughs> but we're at different places in our life, right? He's a dad. He's, he has a little girl. He has businesses. He's, his job isn't to win the game, CrossFit games, right? Um, so his focus is way different versus mine is continuing to, you know, qualify and be the best I could be as an athlete and a representation of who I, you know, work for and, um, to get back and to win as much as I can and to not just get back to the CrossFit Games, but like truly like make a statement for myself. Um, so right now we don't train together. That's the biggest difference. We don't from other years, we don't train together, but I do have that mentorship and that guidance. And, you know, he Scott truly, truly knows me, I think, better than I know myself. I like say it all the time. Um, and he's really able to just guide me and support me and calm me down when I'm maybe doubting myself and having, you know, everyone has those days too. So it's really cool to, no matter what, he's always in my corner. How close have you become with the Panchecks? Uh, I'm, I'm super close with Scott. Like I see Scott as just my big brother. He's obviously my boss. He, <laughs> I coach at Mentality, um, but he's also, he's not just a training partner but a mentor and a brother and i feel like i could just like i'll take a bullet for him any day like he's been he's seen me at my worst at my best he's 
we've been able to do, you know, competitions together, like, which is the greatest thing to be able to do that with, you know, someone that you consider uh, such a big part of your life. We, you know, I went through my rookie season with him. We did Rogue Invitational together. We traveled to Italy together. We did, you know, my rookie year at the games together. He, um, you know, at Wadapalooza, like he's always like checking in between events. So it's incredible. It's absolutely the best thing. Um, his brothers are at a different point in their life. We're not as close because just because I don't see them or train with them really. So I've always, I've built my relationship more so with Scott. Yeah. I, and I was speaking more of like, are you Aunt Fee now or? <laughs> yes, I hope to be because Kinsley, I like, I want every time she comes in, I'm just like, I can't focus because now it's about Kinsley. It's, I just, <laughs> I want them to have, I want to have, I want them to have 10 children and I want to be aunts to all of them. <laughs> She's the cutest thing in the world. That is awesome. Oh. Also, um, they, if anyone, I would love to like, if there's a chance for some one shout out to some content creator, get a little behind the scenes of their crazy life. It is wild. They are just, Kristen and Scott are all over the place. I mean, managing Kinsley and they literally swap Kinsley between coaching and <laughs> things going on at the gym and training. And then when Scott's training, he swaps Kinsley with Kristen and then Kristen needs to train. She needs to swap. So it's, it's a wild life for them, but they're doing it. So when you go down to Naples and there's all these young kids down there and you're kind of the veteran now, is that a weird perspective for you? Is it weird? No, like not at all. I think part of it is because first of all, I don't feel like a veteran because of, I mean, I've been in it, but I haven't been at the games as long as I, you know, have hoped at this point in my career. But um, I feel like I'm just one of them. I don't, feel, first of all, I don't feel as old as uh, some might consider me. <laughs> I'm 27, but I probably still feel like I'm 20. Um, I have the same energy. Uh, it's cool to have the same energy as them, like the same excitement and fire. And what they have that helps me, though, is just, you know, fresh energy. Like they still have that almost like rookie energy where when you're a rookie, you have nothing to lose, right? You have nothing to lose everything to gain um you haven't been in it for a long long time um but also they're just a different athletes like emma and dallin and james and phil um they're just all different so it's cool to feed off of them when i'm training with them yeah quite the crew there quite mm -hmm. the crew. um who talks more you or james oh oh <laughs> gosh i don't know <laughs> me I feel that's a, that's a very close call. I feel like I could have a conversation with a brick wall. <laughs> I, we had James on once. I, I feel and like I, we've we seen James have a conversation with a brick wall. So <laughs> <laughs> The thing about James is, so we're both very energetic people and we both love chatting and we could chat ears off all the time. But the thing with James is like his energy i think is like five notches higher than mine so it is like he's always positive he's always like yeah that's amazing keep it up and you could be just 
in the pain cave and sometimes you just want to hurt or you kind of just like want to be in your own space like he'll come and like cheer you on with rainbows and butterflies and sunshine <laughs> so would you consider yourself more of an extrovert then oh yeah okay. i don't think i've always been i don't think i've always been an extrovert though um but definitely now i am i think it's I just love doing what I do and being around good people. And I think sometimes when you're very passionate with something, you get caught up talking a lot. And that's that's what I do on every podcast. I just chat all the time. For sure. When you're doing what you're passionate about, you have more energy to, to do that. And you want to share that with like-minded people. That makes sense. That's right. I agree. So speaking of which, you always have this energy. You always have a smile, and which, which is what I love about you. Aww. Last year at the MAC was the one time when when Kat and I would see you backstage, and I'm talking for me, your head was down on the table, you were not feeling well, and you were like gritting through the weekend. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. a bad weekend. So, and you finished seventh just outside of um, the game spot. You finished the last chance qualifier in seventh, how do we change that number so it's like a four or a three? Mm, yeah, um, I think one is those for who, those. Who, I was very sick at the MAC, um, but still, I this year I'm obviously healthy. Hopefully, to be healthy is number one, um, as healthy as I could be. Number two would be to have more confidence when it comes to uh, the strength events and those power output events and maybe the events that I don't or I, I guess I don't have a history of, you know, coming out on top. Um, but just have it and like just going for things more would be would be what I need to do. And that's exactly my goal. Like whatever, however, Granite Games pans out. There's only so much I could control. Um, but my goal going into Granite Games is to take more risks, do things that, you know, maybe are a little bit scary, whether it's tapping into certain intensities and just being okay with like being in that hurt locker a little bit longer um, and just trusting myself and what I could do. Well, and, and I said that to say, you didn't, you never made an excuse the whole weekend about being sick to the mm -hmm. public. You came out yeah. smiling, waving, doing everything. <laughs> Backstage, we saw it was it was a rough yeah. weekend for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was it was it was hard to like. <laughs> I've never actually experienced anything like that. I was I was throwing up uh, quite like literally the end. I think I lost actually I lost about five pounds that weekend because I didn't eat mm. a sup. A, a solid piece of food until Sunday. I had like pizza, and it was like the best tasting pizza I've ever, ever eaten. But um, in the back, it we had to. I had actually. This is Scott. You know, chatted with me, and he was just putting, helping me, just be in a good mental space. And the team around me and everyone that came that weekend was incredible. And we just had to, at that point, recognize, okay, this is the reality of it. But we have to know that the training is there so just trust your training don't think about anything else trust your training the work is in there the capacity is there and that's all i could do the other thing that happened that weekend is crossfit made a move that brought tia into your into your semifinal. yeah this year the same thing happened to you again <laughs> i i've been preaching on our roundtable discussion that you and amanda barnhart are the two people that have kind of got stuck 
two years in a row now. And mm. you don't have to answer this question, but do you have any feelings about that? Yeah, I mean, I do. But like to say, was I upset that Tia was at the Mac? No, absolutely not. Like I did it. I think other people that were chatting with me were like, Fee, are you nervous? Like, are you like, no, like bring them. Like when I compete, I only want to compete against the best girls. I don't want to compete in an easy semi that, you know, automatically gets me in like no question about like, I don't, I guess I don't see it like that. I don't want to. Some girls want that just because that's their into the CrossFit games. But if I'm going to earn my way to the CrossFit games, I I better earn it. You know, I, I'm not trying to just get lucky at a semifinal or hope, you know, that the girls are a little bit, you know, less, uh, less qualified. I don't know, you know. And then I guess with Mal O'Brien switching, love it. Like, I love that she got placed at Granite Games. Do I love other things that happen behind the scenes, um, you know, considering her situation and then other situations going on? Um, I don't agree with, you know, that process of, you know, replacing the highest seed with the last seed <laughs> situation, which happened. Um, certain people that needed to be reseeded because they couldn't go to Canada. They didn't have the ability to enter the country, whether it was their passport or vaccine um, and not being allowed to get reseeded. That's a whole nother thing. So um, there's so many other things that I have opinions on, but Mal coming to Granite Games, I love it. Like I absolutely want her there and I want, all the best girls there and I want my, I want to earn my way to the CrossFit games. I don't want an easy semi. Yeah. I think maybe from a fan's perspective, uh, our Ohio girls seem to be getting, getting the shaft and where we as fans are like, come on. Like why, why is <laughs> I know. Be and Amanda? It's, it's hard in the sense where it's like, this is our career. Like my, my career and the expectations that you start, you know, that people set for you, but the expectations that I have for myself are to qualify for the games. Like that is like, I see that as like, that is my career. Like that is my job. Like that is like the pinnacle of what I do. Like I'm not in training, like just part for participation. So it is my career. So on one end of, you know, one end of the stick, like to be overloaded with incredible girls, um, where it does, you know, make it that much harder to make it to the games versus others. Like it does, it takes away the ability to like earn my way there fairly. And if you're gonna stack the Granite Games as much as it is, incredible girls there. I'm so excited to be competing there. You better stack the other semifinals just as evenly. So no matter what, everyone that makes it to the games made it on the same playing field. So speaking of Granite Games, and we'll get rid of that conversation. Um, mm -hmm. It's the one outdoor event. Uh, it's in a beautiful facility. Are you excited about that opportunity? Oh, I'm so excited. I'm excited because I've never competed every single event in a stadium. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've never like, I mean, it's the Viking Stadium. And I've heard that, I mean, the heat is going to be a factor. There's certain things that are going to play into that, but I'm pumped. I've, I always get excited when I get to do things I've never done before. So it should be good. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be as hot as last year. I don't think Minnesota ever got as hot as it was last year. <laughs> I I just heard that, I mean, people were dropping like flies, like the heat was just unbearable. And shoot, I mean, if I'm expecting it to be that hot, though, like that's like I'm expecting yeah, be to prepared. 
be as prepared as I can and the only way to do it is to expect the worst right because <laughs> if you expect the worst then anything less than that is just like icing on the cake so as media we were actually stationed up in the press box mm-hmm. and then to to go down and watch the event you had to go down all the steps of the stadium across the field to go watch it and then all the way back up we had our own wads basically oh throughout gosh. the day in that 95 degree heat um, yeah. So I'm hoping it's a little. And it bit gets cooler. hotter as you go down, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, the field temperature was like 130. I think they said. That's it was wild, insane. Scott. Scott, you just yeah. compared how hard it was to be on the media team compared yeah. to. to yeah, I was, to I was a, being facetious about that. <laughs> same thing. Like, Almost the same the thing. I was being. In the air, we had to go from the air conditioning to the elements. <laughs> Thanks so know. much yeah. for calling him out, so Kat. I really appreciate it. <laughs> right? That's important. I did that on purpose. I was when I'm when I'm competing at the Granite Games, I'm just gonna think Scott has it hard too. So right, <laughs> and you know what? You said it earlier, but I'm wearing a shirt that proves it. Let's see. Uh-oh. Let's see it. Oh, it says, we could all together. do hard things. Together, yeah, we can do hard. That's things. right. Yep. That's Amy's mantra. Yeah, when you're in, when you're in that that dark space and you're you're struggling, just think I have to go back up those stairs. <laughs> Just think of Amy's shirt. Yep, that's right. <laughs> uh, and now we have Andrew Sten commenting, how about the judges? And I do Ooh. have to give a shout out. They put them in black shirts last year, which was the dumbest no. ever. <gasps> Granite yeah. Games, come on. <laughs> black, black. Like a yeah. light blue something. Help them out. They're pouring their lives over there. So just think the judges in a black shirt suffering with you. As yeah, you're out right. there on the field, and their hands up in the air. We're, we're all <laughs> suffering together. Your poor knees <laughs> no. on, the, on the field. My knees are hurting. I, I make it a point. I got. We got a shout out to judges because they are the best ever. Like to you know voluntarily invest in the athletes in these events and like athletes watching this, respect your judges, thank them, shake their hand, introduce them yourselves. Like they are truly, truly like really incredible. And I just have so much respect for judges that take their time to do what they do. Yeah. Yeah. Kat and I used to be judges. Now we're on the media side uh, because we can't handle the heat and black shirts. (laughs) There's a good (laughs) core group of, of judges now that are, you know, all hang out together and do things and they're cool kids. So. I love seeing them, or I love seeing like the. You guys get pretty wild after uh, uh, semifinals, <laughs> the CrossFit Games, <laughs> after an event. You yeah, guys go out there's and a lot of there's a lot of celebration. Yes, for sure. I love it every time. Don't stop. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it was it's last funny. year. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Kat. No, go ahead. Last year in Knoxville, that little town square was full of athletes and volunteers, judges, uh, fighting for good food. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> We just saw each other out like that strip. Uh, you know, I think it was close to um, the, the arena that we were in at the Mac. And we just saw everyone, whether it was like out at the bar, eating pizza. We're like, hey, good job this weekend. <laughs> Thanks for yeah. judging me. <laughs> yeah. Good. Are you guys well, all going to Granite Games? I'm just, not. Just me, I think. Just me. Holding it down. Anyone else going to any semifinals? Syndicate. I'm going to Syndicate mm. with Scott. Scott will be at Mac, oh, yeah. and then he's going to Granite. So. 
Yeah, I'm doing yeah. all three U.S. ones. Oh, that's awesome. I have a I have a brand new affiliate, and I'm the only coach, so it's really hard to get away for any period of time. <laughs> you tell me when I met you, yeah. Kat, you were just opening that too. Yeah, well, it, and then COVID yeah. hit, so I didn't open it. And then COVID. And, uh, oh my gosh! Right. Okay. So yeah, yeah, because I remember the chatting end about of that. January. End of January. We're we're live after after COVID. We ended up at the gym. We ended up getting an influx of members. Like it's incredible mm. to see. At first, yeah. like we had put things on pause, but like after COVID, either there was like two ends of the spectrum. Either you stay at home and you do your thing, yeah. or you're like no i am going to you know hone in on my health and take ownership of that and it's been actually incredible yeah it's been good a lot of a lot of my new new people are people that haven't done anything since covid you know stopped um, when covid hit and now they're sort of coming back out and then there's an interesting cohort of people that have home gyms that are doing mm -hmm. like street parking or you know some other like online programming but i have some people that they train like in their basement and so mm -hmm. they have a punch card here and they cherry pick workouts anytime you go overhead <laughs> they'll come into oh the gym God. and do because they can't go overhead for you right know for yeah because the they're, basement they're, yeah they're in their basement so i have you know tracy will come she's like well it's push press today so here i am <laughs> like, okay <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> welcome back yeah it's really funny i love that so crossfit's released two of the workouts so you know at least mm -hmm. a third of what you're going to do at granite yeah, I'm excited. Are, you, are that. you optimistic with what? I mean, one of them's a barbell. Time to test what you've learned this year. That's that right. <laughs> I know. Come on, risk. No, we've we've been practicing that actually. Um, I'm so excited. I mean, the two events are amazing. I love how one is very much exposes you know your body weight capacity and your gymnastics and your pulling capacity, and the other one is you got to lift some some weights, but. Um, the one thing I'm telling myself and I'm like really, really working on the mental side of it is like being so confident in what I could do and not worried about, you know, who's to my left, who's to my right and what other girls are lifting because strength just takes time. Like it's not like who could hurt the most on the bike. It's just your strength is what you've built it up to be this entire season. Um, I am so confident that I'm way stronger than last year and i've been able to prove that this past uh season in training and that's kind of like we said again that's kind of the shift in programming that i've taken on with brute strength um but just being okay that like my my best on the barbell will be my best and i can't control another girl hitting you know 20 pounds heavier than me that's just i'm just not there yet and that's okay but i'm excited either way it's a good test so we are jealous. You got to do something, I think, two weeks ago now that we've wanted to do, and that is you got to go to Power Monkey Camp. Yes. Yes, oh, I did. so bad. And so, I'm surprised you guys haven't gone there yet all these years. Were you, were you there as an instructor? Were you there as a participant? Uh, yeah, I was. What, what, was what, what happened? I was there. I was actually invited there as one of the CrossFit athletes, one of the um, invited athletes. And it was myself. Um, Marco was also there. Alvarez, easy, um, incredible guy. And, uh, you know, some other guy, some other um, athletes as well. But mainly we were invited. But I also was representing UCAN. So UCAN is one of my, uh, it, it, they're my sponsor, the supplement sponsor. And UCAN um, has been around, um, you know, supporting a lot of 
recent competitions and they were sponsoring that camp that weekend. So I was also not there as just an invited athlete, but also to be a representation of what you can is about and their story and their supplements and um, how they've been such a big part of my training and recovery. That's cool. So mm-hmm. how much fun did you have? Oh my God. I, you know what I had, I had so much fun. And the reason that I had so much fun is because I went into power monkey camp thinking that was, it was just going to be a bunch of coaching and training. And it wasn't like that at all. It was tons of coaching and instruction and by some of the best athletes in the world. I mean, you get Olympic level athletes now coaching you, which is like, who's able to say that? That's, I mean, the most incredible thing. What an honor. And um, on top of that, the camaraderie and the relationships that you build. And I met people from all over the place. I met people from Spain and Brazil and Canada and I mean, all around the country, you know, all around across the states. And um, it was incredible to also not just be it's not just about training and coaching. It's about the relationships that you build, activities that are non-fitness activities too. Um, so it was so cool. I, I walked away with so many great connections. One of our sponsors is RX Smart Gear and Dave Newman, the owner and founder. Oh, he talks about it all the time, about how uh, he doesn't sleep at all that week. No. <laughs> because he's too busy talking to everybody. Yeah. Dave, I... I'm so impressed with the coaches there. So coaches were, you know, Dave Durante, Dave Newman, um, Duke, um, Cheryl, so many different coaches and they coach. So you have like 10 specialty courses that you get coached on and each course is two hours. Like you're at a station for two hours and you have a little 15 minute break and then you go on to the next station and you get Olympic lifting and mobility, Chad Vaughn, um, gymnastics. So, and they do that same station every single day monday until friday mm-hmm. and they interact for and it, it was real what i was most impressed is their energy from monday to friday and all the same sessions that they had to coach was the exact same they poured into people the exact same way they did in their first session to their last session and it just shows how passionate they really are about you know investing in the people that come there do you love sure. to coach me I actually didn't coach that that week at all. I actually was just no, I, mean, I was camp- at the affiliate. Oh, at Crossroad Mentality. Yes, yeah. I coach. Because you because you speak you speak about it like you love it. You know, mm. you just observing that in other people is sort of a reflection of yourself. I feel like, um, and I think it would be really cool to take one of your classes because I'm sure your energy sort of comes through. But how how <laughs> many coach how many classes are you coaching in a week? Right now, with semifinals being around the corner, I'm. I think I coach. I only coach about maybe six classes a week, um, for right now. Um, but typically, you know, coaches are pretty consistent. When I'm out of season, I take on more coaching, more personal training, more clients on uh, off days. So typically, that kind of changes throughout how busy the season gets, or as I'm kind of winding down to travel um, and compete. So anywhere between, you know. Six for right now, um, one to two a day. And then I love taking on and working with people individually as well. Mm-hmm. Our co-host Charlie has chimed in. Are you still doing nutrition with Mike? Yes, Mike Malloy. Oh my gosh. he. Uh, I've been actually working with Mike since 2019. So M2 Performance um, has pretty much been in my corner since 2019. And that was actually after my rookie year at the games. 
And I just remember, because I was the lightest I've ever been, but with the most training I have ever done. And I felt like garbage. <laughs> That's pretty much the best way to say it. And not so much uh, mentally, but like physically, I was, you know, about 125, 127 pounds. It's kind of wide awake in around that time. And I just felt exhausted all the time and I couldn't lift the way that I wanted to lift but I was able to do a lot of CrossFit like I was I was very good at just like the CrossFit things but when it came to you know strength I just couldn't develop it so I reached out to Mike and I was like Mike like help me like these are my goals and this is where I want to go in the sport um you know I just need help like it wasn't a matter of eating healthy not healthy it was just knowing what would be a good nutrition a lifestyle for me and that's he's been in my corner since 2019. yeah we had him on the show oh probably a year ago now uh, i was mm. right before the games last year and uh, he's one of the smartest nicest oh, guys smart. we've we've ever had on he, he's so cool my last if question for you if you follow his instagram too like he throws out information that like will make you want to like take a second look at your nutrition. He's <laughs> like, maybe I should incorporate yeah. certain things or not. So he is extremely wise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, the, my last question for you is life after your career. Mm. So I know you're super smart. You, you have a master's degree in business. You have a bachelor's degree in exercise science and they're at John Carroll university, which is a no joke college here in Ohio. Yes. Um, and so, so you're not you're you're not dumb in any stretch of the means or uh, what is what is post career look like? Post career, you know what? I'm glad you asked that question because I I was chatting about this uh, with someone on an airplane and my big <laughs> scary crazy maybe future goal. Um, I love coaching. I love teaching people how to move. I love teaching people how to live healthy lifestyles, not just through movement, but pursuing nutrition is definitely a goal up there. But I kind of have this future goal of almost creating like a fitness, health and wellness consulting business for businesses and schools and, um, you know, people, uh, you know, in their work life. It's one of the biggest things that I started to realize is people don't have that guidance um, necessarily uh, in their own personal lives and professional lives. So that would be a really cool career shift in creating a business that offers almost like fitness, you know, consulting and opportunities to be able to come into businesses and teach people throughout the workday, like how to lead and move and build healthy lifestyle habits and, you know, how to eat well, how to move healthy and how to pursue that in a more professional setting and not feel like you have to go to the gym to be able to do that. So that's kind of a, it's in there. It's like my idea of future, what I would love to be involved in. But I think it all stems back to being part of someone's journey and helping them the way that people have helped me in my life. Well, that was my last question. Kat, Amy, you got anything yeah. to throw in? Uh, I was just going to say, I actually do that corporate health and wellness for uh, uh, a small group of people. So we should hook up at some point oh my and God. talk about that. Yeah. That is, cool that is a goal that is in there. And I would love that. I would love to chat with you'd be, you. You'd that. be good at it. You'd be good at it for sure. Thank you. Well, good luck to you. I'm so excited to watch you this season um, and wishing, wishing you the best. Thank you, Amy. I'm so excited. We have two weeks, two more weeks. Yes. It's going to be great. Oh, it's it's going to be great. Come so fast. 
Thanks, you guys. Thank you so much, Fee, for jumping on. This has been awesome. Uh, I love, I love, I love having conversations, and that's just what you do. And it's and it made this podcast so much fun. Mm -hmm. Thank yeah, you. Back. Hopefully, I didn't talk too. I talked way too much. No, you're good. No, no, no. Well, we have to have you back again because I just this was so much fun. Thanks, you guys. I love the questions, and I love sharing my story, which is really what what is the biggest thing that I love. So I appreciate it. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast. Remember, you can find us now on YouTube as well as all major podcast platforms. Please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you use and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.